Hi everyone, this is Suzanne Marr of Bye Bye Blue Sky. I wanted to do something a little different in terms of awareness and activism and help give people some information and solutions. I'm really excited about doing this show. Um, we're in a time when many people are feeling so helpless because of the genetic engineering of our society and our planet. And because of this toxic exposure, we really don't know what to eat, drink, if we should go outside, what to sleep on what kind of garments to wear that are safe. It, it really, it doesn't end. So Bye Bye Blue Sky is all about action and solutions. And as are the two gentlemen uh, that we're going to meet today, Tony Pantelaresco and Brian396. And many message me asking me about health solutions and ways to mitigate the geoengineering fallout and the GMOs, the wireless technology. And I thought it would be interesting and really great if I turned the tables and interviewed these two brilliant men who have been researching the area of nanotechnology and nanotransformation for six years now. So everything I've learned about nanotechnology has been gleaned from the information from these two fellows who really generously provide the public, and I'm so grateful for their knowledge. The increase of people suffering with nanopoisoning is on the rise, and I reached out to my Facebook group, Bye Bye Blue Sky, and I asked them what they would like to know from the nano health experts and really what is in primary importance to them. So what do they want to know today? So with no further ado, I would like to introduce Tony Pantelaresco and of AugmentumForce50webs.com and Brian396. He, um, he also has a Facebook page under his name of Jean-Brian Peleche with lots of information on the subject. So welcome, fellows. Hi there. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Thank you so Thank much, you so much. For, for both agreeing to this interview. Uh, this information is pivotal to our uh, survival and our health. And as I said, so many people have unanswered questions about and are being horribly afflicted from this spraying. So we all know that this is new uncharted territory and so many feel they don't have a place to turn. I mean, what can we say? This is such a bad sci-fi movie we're living in, and we need to equip ourselves with answers. So first off, first I would, off I'd like to begin with both of you telling your story on how you became aware of the nanotechnology in food, water, and air. I think our listeners would be very interesting in hearing uh, both of your stories. So perhaps, Tony, you can, you can uh, and at, both of you, I think, if I'm correct, were heavily hit with these biologicals. So what was the catalyst um, and for you both to delving into this topic? Perhaps, Brian, you can go first. Well, <clears throat> I had a whiplash, pretty much paralyzed me from the neck down. Uh, in the course of treating that on a uh, far infrared massage bed, I had crystals come out of me. And when I started researching the crystals, thinking it was gout, um, I quickly realized it wasn't gout. And I had remembered through all my internet research about 25,000 hours of internet time that uh, I had seen nanotechnology through the course of the surfing I had done. So I immediately went to the nanotech and started looking up the documents that were published by um, MIT, Berkeley, and the other universities on the nanotech. And what I was seeing was the same growth patterns and formations uh, as what was happening with the people in the Morgellons crowd, because I was aware of that too. So when I matched up all of the growths and the patterns to be the same, 
uh, I started delving deeper into it, and uh, every everything I looked at, I could not find anything, and to this day, I haven't found anything that contradicts it being nanotech. Um, I had had to flee to the Rockies because of my heavy targeting, and I was really being taken down heavily. And, um, and when I got into the Rockies and was there, I ran into somebody in town where they were affected. This was a small town in the Kootenays, and people there were affected by the nanotech too. One lady who was infected uh, showed me a video or sent me a video of Tony and said, you got to talk to this guy. So I called him up being isolated and all and not knowing where to go with all this information because they were trying to shut me down. They downed the Navy website that had the nanotech information on it. They farmed out all of the uh, nanotech that they were uh, contracting to the universities out to another department, a hidden black ops department. They changed everything immediately after I, I published it. I black helicopters over my house and all kinds of shit going down. I had a, uh, I had a laser on my chest from a rifle in the helicopter when I went out and took a picture of it and had my binoculars on them. I took my binoculars and camera down, I looked at my chest, and there's a laser light on it. So I just stood there and thought, okay, shoot me, asshole, in front of the neighbors. And so that, that was what was happening around me when I fled into the Kootenays. Called up Tony. I said, I said, hey, bud. I said, it's nanotech. He says, I don't know what it is. And we started talking. And six years later, here we are. So that's my end of how I got into it. And since then, I've been removing it layer by layer so I could see what's developed over time and the growth patterns and all. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. That's quite the, the story. Tony, how about you? What did what was the catalyst to you becoming aware of the synthetic biology? Uh, well, primarily it was Brian. I was I had got hit. I got saturated in Arizona. When I get back, <clears throat> got back to Windsor, Ontario, uh, I got activated. I felt some kind of pricking hit my left calf. Didn't think much of it. And then the next day when I woke up, I had a marking on my left calf, and I had an identical marking. Perfect, perfect uh, twin on my right side, and I never got hit on my right side. So something started to happen, and wasn't sure what was going on. So then I proceeded to use all the methods that I know how to treat virals, bacterials, parasiticals, microbials, you name it, because I've got an, uh, an extensive background in how to deal with these things. And so nothing I had known, and I was using some pretty powerful stuff, was even making a dent except for the iodine. The iodine was about the only thing that was still keeping me on my feet. And my strength was above, was cut in half, literally. And so I'm we're doing videos and whatnot. And one day out of the blue, Brian calls me up. Says, hey, bud, it's nano. <laughs> I say, hey, bud, I don't know what it is. I said, I don't think you do either. But I want to look at this because everything I'm seeing on the biological stuff, because I was looking at this from an agrobacterium perspective because all the agrobacterium I was looking at indicated there was some kind of uh, mutated anomaly going on but it still did not explain why um, a lot of the a lot of the biological not a lot of the, the therapeutic stuff I was using 
wasn't having an impact on it. It should have. It was a bacterium. I should have been able to take it out, take it out with some kind of antibacterial or antifungal. Nothing was touching it. So when he told me about this, and he told me to start looking at this, I started looking at what he was talking about. I still kept looking at the biological part of it because I didn't think it was just strictly one thing or the other. I thought there might have been some connection to it, and I didn't know what it was at the time. So as we proceeded with our research, and we were looking at everything, everything you can imagine. You know, the only thing that we said, I said at the beginning, is we have to be careful with the research that we're getting because we don't know if we're being missed. Uh, misguided and we needed to test what we were looking at. So one, you know, Brian was saying things, I was saying, okay, we could try this and try that to see if we can neutralize it from this perspective, that perspective. Then we start looking at morphologies and how, again, if you hit this thing like a virus or, or, or a pathogen, that it would also morph and change and become something else. And then the frequencies and the modulations and the whole aspect of this technology. And then their connections came with the biological aspect of it. <clears throat> And how it wasn't just a program, <clears throat> it was a program and a biology that was integrated. So we had something something completely new. We never knew, we never been exposed to this before. One other person had said, mentioned the term synthetic biology, and that was Gwen Scott. And the associate that she was working with, a bit of a numbskull, uh, Poo-pooed the thing. Didn't want to even hear anything about it. He was just, you know, he was just an alarm over the fact that she mentioned it. But she was actually absolutely right. And uh, basically, it was too late for her because she had passed. But we validated what she had uh, already knew back then. So that's how I got into it. Brian got me looking at this, and then slowly but surely, we've been bouncing ideas on how to strip this down, break it down, stop the assembly. Uh, reduce the, the uh, uptake, uh, what we need to watch for in the reloading phase, what to avoid as far as a direct attack on this thing, because again, any direct assault or attack on this, this synthetic biology will have a, a completely different response. Not only will it propel it, but it will actually change its, uh, its, its program. It will change the program and it will come up with a whole different paradigm. Thanks, Tony. And I think it's really interesting to note that two of the forefront individuals that are researching this have been hit hard with the nanotechnology. I certainly don't think that's a coincidence. And I also think what a perfect melding of information that I'm so glad you two met, the, 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 the melding of biology and technology and for both of you to be able to throw things against the wall and, and figure out what this is. So that's really incredible. Um, what I want to ask you, so why don't we start off, um, maybe, uh, Tony, you can expound on the term nano um, and what it means for people, those that don't understand that term. Well, basically, essentially, nano is, a, by definition, is the size, the size of a component. Uh, technically speaking, it's one billionth of a meter, so it's extremely small. And when they're incorporating into nanotechnology, nanobiology, uh, nanotubes, anything with nano, we're talking about a size, <clears throat> size and, and integration of whatever it is it's, it's uh, associated with. So if we're talking of a nano fullerene or a nano, uh, nanobot or a nano uh, dendromere, we're talking about components that are on such a size level that you, you can't see it unless it's above 100 nanometers. Like everyone says you can't see nanoparticles unless you have an electron microscope. That's only true if you're looking at activity and if you're looking at something smaller than 50 nanometers. 
anything above 100 nanometers you can be seen with basic, any kind of basic ocular uh, because why you're seeing it is because of the, the, con the concentration and the density of these particulates when they cluster. If it's less than 1 to 50 nanometers, it'll permeate and penetrate anything. It doesn't matter what the structure is, what the materials are, it will go through it. At 100 nanometers plus, it actually uh, will form a barrier or, again, a collection. So then you would be able to see it. Okay. Brian, why don't we start off with some nanotechnology questions. So why don't we discuss the biology of the artificial life, how it's been created, how it's been dispersed, and, and the forced integration into all our systems? Well, when they were looking at uh, how to play with the nano, they found that uh, you couldn't direct it. This is the God creation, the God particle. And it's the instruction code for building all things in the material world. That's what they were looking for. They discovered that they could alter the construction, that's a natural process, which is guided by the frequencies, um, the Higgs boson particle that they're looking for, which is the information code. They found that they could nudge the nano a little bit at a time and eventually get it to change course. So they also found that the signals were in frequencies. So they tapped into those frequencies. They discovered which one the frequencies were through Tesla's work on how to, to guide. Basically, it, it's a program for the nanotech to follow a certain path and do a certain process. It's basically programming things at, a, at the nano level in the nanomaterial. So they have a program code in there. So in that, what they've done is they've somehow connected it with the DNA and the description on it that I ran into before they downed all the material was that the nanotech um, gets absorbed through the upper dermis by the oils and the acid in the skin. It becomes bioactive after, within one minute, and it bypasses the immune system by hijacking the DNA, which would mean that it combines with the DNA so that it's now got the DNA codes in it so your body thinks that it's part of the body. This is the variations, I think, that are happening too, is when it encounters bug DNA or any other DNA in the air, that it also hijacks that DNA, combines with our DNA, and those are basically the building codes. So now you got the DNA and the frequencies, they know which frequencies to trigger things in on the body, and so they can manipulate it now just by the frequencies in the air. They can give it different codes to do different things and direct the building process of what it's building. It's the same as in nature. They discovered nanotech by observing DNA and crystal formation. And that's how they developed the tech for manipulating the nanotech. When do you think they, they started on this experimentation? Any, any uh, time frame, Brian? Oh, this was Tesla. This was Tesla uh, from Tesla's original work back in the 1900s. 
They shut him down as soon as they seen where it was going and where it could lead. And uh, how they got into the mind control frequencies, because this is part of it, because this all embeds in the mind and all, was they got into the mind control and these subtle frequencies of the dimensions and all when they were doing the LSD experiments. They were doing them here locally. I got put in that program, though I didn't go through the LSD therapy or any of their treatments. I was still um, somehow put in their program as a lab rat. My sister did that to me and the brothers, and it was also a pedophile homosexual program where they were testing the LSD or doing the LSD experiments on the pedophiles and offering them the treatment rather than jail time. So me and my, my brothers got put into the pedophile program, but it was through the course of the LSD experiments at Hollywood Hospital in New Westminster with Acid L, he was a CIA op, that they discovered the different dimensions from the LSD. And the fractals that you see in the, uh, in the patterns, uh, in the fractal patterns on the internet, those, and especially the Paisley pattern from the 60s that they used to put on shirts and all, those are fractals. And that when the veil is lifted or thinned by the LSD, you see these things. In doing the LSD, which I did, because after, um, after my um, 10-year-old experience with that hospital, at, by 13, they had the LSD in the junior highs, in the, the kids. So I was involved with the acid in school. So I had done it several times. The two things that really stick out in my mind about what I seen on the LSD was the fractal patterns or any of the psychotropic drugs, the fractal patterns in the air that are translucent and very colorful and a pattern throughout the air. The other thing was the bad trip. And in the bad trips on the LSD, because I did lots of trips on the LSD, Snakes, mass amounts of snakes was the other thing I seen. And that speaks to what's on the other side of the veil, I believe. But the nanotech was developed like that, and they seen that those subtle age, uh, energies and frequencies are what controls things behind the material world. And they started playing with those frequencies. They found through the, um, um, the different frequency units for healing that you can heal the body by pumping different frequencies into it. The Mora unit, what it does is it measures. Now, it's really tricky. This is how involved with the subtle energies and all and what they had discovered. The Mora unit is really tricky because you have to be somewhat psychic to do it because you have to determine what that frequency is. And people train for three years, I heard, and maybe they get it, maybe they don't. But what they do is when they zero in on the frequency, the abnormal one in the body that shouldn't be there, they lock it into the Mora unit in the computer there. What it does then is it inverts that frequency, that specific wave, it inverts it. And then it pumps it back into the body, and that negates the substance in the body. 
is no longer there. I'm an electronics technician. You do that with an electrical wave. You pump in a positive wave and an opposite negative wave. They cancel each other out. No longer there. So everything is frequency and energies. The chemicals that we use for healing the body are frequency pills that trigger things through their frequency, their, their chemical frequency signature in the body. They bypass this and they can do it with machines and they can correct everything in the body. This is one of the ways that they target the individual is with all the blood samples that they've taken from people. They have those all filed now. They have your individual personal frequency code from your DNA. So they can target the individual that way. It's the same as a radio station on the dial. Yours is very specific to a certain frequency, to, you know, 0. 0.000 whatever decimal point it takes, you know, probably a billion because there's, you know, or 8 billion because there's that many people on the planet, plus, and they can zero in on that. So through all of that, they realize that they can manipulate the molecules in nature the same way. And that's what's going on with all the frequencies globally. And it's also mind control because now with the nanotech in your mind and all, they can pump it right directly into your head, voices, memories, whatever. They have control of the mind now. Well, we've certainly seen all those patents out there, you know, manipulation of the nervous system and, you know, voice to skull technology. And so it sounds like they've been, been doing this for us for a long time now. Tony, I'd like to ask you, um, you know, with your assistance, I made a chart showing the stages to building a platform um, of the nano integration. Perhaps you can walk us through, um, you know, these estate, these stages and how the nanotechnology assembles. Okay, give me a second. I had the thing and it, and it popped. <laughs> give me one second. Back to your, oh, there it is. Anyway, basically, uh, it's a three-way hit. You first are broken down through the foods you're eating with glyphosate, atrazine, or other uh, either excipients or transgenics or epigenetic materials they're putting in the system. It basically uh, corrupts your, your digestive system, corrupts your immune system. It depletes the body of, of eight or nine different specific minerals that are there to make sure you don't wind up with mold infections, bacterial infections, yeast infections, viral, fungal, whatever. And then afterwards, you get loaded with the nano, you know, through either diet, through breathing, chemtrails, cosmetics, prescription drugs, uh, vitamins, whatever, uh, foods, grains. Grains have been the most, one of the most heavily saturated foods with nanotechnology since 1960. So once you've been depleted, once you've been loaded, then you become activated through frequencies, as Brian was mentioning. And with the towers, with your cell phones, with your Wi-Fi's, with your iPads, your computers, uh, AM and FM radio, anything that can tr uh, transfer, transfer a signal from point A to point B can activate you. Once you have a certain level of saturation in the system, then what happens is these, uh, the activation can, can become more pronounced. In the interim, when you get loaded with these synthetic materials, what happens is you produce a biofilm. 
or, or a polymer, which is, they're inter, the terms are interchangeable. Whether you use the term biofilm or polymer, they're interchangeable. They're one and the same thing. They're actually one that's created by the other. So you all have a polymer bond or, or a biofilm uh, covering on this technology. Because what, the, what your body is doing is sending an immune response to attach itself to this technology so it either breaks it down or contains it. So since it can't break it down because it doesn't know what it is and doesn't know how to even go about assimilating it, it'll then try to encase it so that it can't translocate. In the interim, the technology then will start to, again, assemble, replicate, repair, and use the very biofilm that uh, has entrapped it to create more of itself to, or to enhance its, uh, its network or to keep on constructing. And then eventually you'll start seeing uh, different frequencies can act, can accentuate the networking farther, faster. If it's directly hit, if you try to run a zapper, a spooky, a rife, a, um, a TENS machine, or anything that will give it a direct hit, it will then alter its morphology. Some people say they get some results or some effect from using the spooky or the rife. Usually after the third... Um, treatment, this thing would have analyzed what's going on, adjusted the frequency modulations on its network, and it you become completely useless. So, and then you can, things can grow inside you, they can make things that appear to be a mimetic. Uh, you may see threads, which are networks of full range, you may see bots, you may see dendromeres, you may see Bali full range, you may see crystal material, uh, you may see, um, Lattice materials, uh, there's another term that I'm forgetting now. It's basically the, the, the platform that they build the, the uh, polymer bond with so they can accentuate the network. Um, it's a Japanese term, but I can't think of it right off the bat. But anyway, you may see particles come out. Eventually, this can even form and build implants in the system. Uh, some of us who are using different types of things, uh, methods to pull the stuff out, uh, found under certain layers, once you get past a certain layer in the tissue, um, you may start seeing implants. They can be all sizes and shapes. They can be squares. They can be rectangular. They can be circular. They can be um, star-shaped. Six I pulled a six-pointed out one out of my neck. You may see antenna. Uh, initially, when Brian and I were looking at the research, they were building barium antenna inside of us using the barium from the chemtrails. So they can construct almost anything with these things uh, through, again, uh, uh, activating the frequency that turns these things on and off. Thank you, Tony. Um, some people experience these deep sores and wounds, and, you know, some don't. Uh, why not, and are they less affected? Brian, maybe you could answer that for us. Well, depending on the stage of their saturation, uh, that's a major factor, plus how they're removing it. And if they're pulling at it, because the layers are, are compounded, one on top of the other, each layer shrinks some, and then the top layer shrinks a little bit more. So when they're starting to reach the points where it's tied in, because it is triangular shaped, that's the easiest way to cover the round parts of the body, and it's symmetrical too. So in pulling the stuff off, if they're not releasing 
that level, that layer at that level completely, if there's any ties to the biofilm at all, it's going to hang on. It, it's almost a magnetic property to it. Um, so it'll tear when they're pulling it off. That's basically um, the tearing part if they're removing it. The sores that are developing are actually crystalline pockets. They're crystals of barium uh, that have been built uh, in locations in the body. What happens with that, what I've seen, is that uh, it builds a, a protein capsule around the crystal because the crystal is leaching barium into the tissue and it's killing the surrounding tissue. So the body's response is to try to contain that. It builds a protein capsule around the crystal and these eventually develop because that pocket fills with the leaching barium from the crystal and the immune system response trying to counter it. But now it's all encapsulated in a protein capsule with the crystal in the middle of it. Now as that becomes more and more toxic over time, it develops first into a cyst. And when the protein capsule needs a, a massive amount of protein, in order to contain the poisons leaching in the body, it grows a taproot into the vein. I've removed these my, from my body, so I've actually seen this. And that supplies the nutrients, so continue to build the capsule around the leaching barium crystal. That develops into the tumor. The tumor eventually becomes so cancer, uh, so poisonous, it becomes cancer. Now, in terms of this biology, it feeds off our proteins and sugars, correct? It breaks down everything in our body and uptakes it into something else. The program that I, I found way back on it, probably changed now, was a prologue program. And it's a basic AI program that is written with uh, an algorithm that when the material in the, the develop, in the building process, if it encounters a new material, it writes us and automatically goes into one of the algorithms that does an automatic rewrite of a subprogram or it writes a subprogram to uptake that material and incorporate it into the building process that's ongoing. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Um, Tony, there's been a diagnosis from the medical community that many know of um, that are aware of this affliction. It's called delusional parasitosis. Um, this is what they're saying that these superating sores with fibers coming out of it is. I mean, this is this is almost seems like one more attack on our personhoods from this diagnosis. I mean, is this not an affliction that's going to be affecting everyone in a huge, huge way very soon? Just a sec on that, Tony, before you go on that, I'd like to uh, make note here that the nanotech was originally put in the crack cocaine when they were cooking it, so that all of the crack addicts would come up with these sores, and that's where they labeled the paranoid um, psychosis on the parasites and all was because of the crack addicts on uh, having it. And they did that deliberately so that anybody that developed the symptoms afterwards would be diagnosed the same way. That was established in the 80s. 
and 90s with the, in the crack cocaine. So that's how deep that one goes. Thanks, Brian. So, go ahead on it, Tony. I was going to say the only ones that have that condition, that psychosis, are the ones that came up with the prognosis because... I mean, when you see a physical manifestation of something, that's not something you can imagine or something that you're going to create with your head. You know, uh, that is something that is there and it's obviously there. So anybody who's been prognosed with this doesn't have a psychological problem. The ones that gave you that prognosis has the problem. They don't want to deal with it. And again, a lot of the medical, uh, the medical itself had had a gag order on this initially. They couldn't tell you. And the ones that did discover, there was actually a researcher in California at the time we, we were getting into it uh, that had actually discovered what it was and they turfed her two days afterwards. So it wasn't, it, they are now uh, are saying more and more about some skin condition. They do mention it's even in the patents. If you go look up in the patents. They do have it in the patents. So they are, the recognition is is a lot more now, unless you got some old, uh, old school, old fashioned um, doctor. But the the condition is going to. It's already escalating. I believe one statistic I saw, I heard this was about a year ago. It was over three hundred thousand and climbing. Uh, just from my emails alone, the amount of people that are contacting me has grown exponentially as well. Uh, the research on it, more and more people are now looking at it with five G. Uh, already in place in some places. <clears throat> uh, I've got a gal in Sweden that contacted me and when she moved there, they already had 5G, having 5G, she got activated. And what's going to happen as a result of these frequencies, the, uh, again, this is speculation, but based on what I'm dealing with and with the people I'm dealing with, what I'm seeing is as these frequencies become more uh, penetrating, more powerful, more uh, permeating through the, through the technology itself, more and more outbreaks are going to manifest. There's, there's going to be a point where they're not going to be able to, to get into any kind of denial anymore. They're going to have to deal with it. And in the dealing with it, a lot of people are not going to get any results. In fact, majority of the people today, I'd say 9 out of 10, are being misdiagnosed with Lyme disease. And it's and because that's become the new cancer theme. Everyone's got Lyme. you got Lyme. you got a Lyme disorder. you got a Lyme disorder. And when they get on the protocols that I've given them, they find that they are seeing relief with that, but nothing but the, the line. So a lot of the uh, diagnoses that will be coming in the future, again, is going to be a, a um, probably a false lead or a mis misdirect to keep people in a state of affliction. So uh, this I'm saying now. And I can see it going to get worse in regard to the medical field offering, again, very little in regard to um, resolving this. The medical community generally has been really deafening on this subject, and this is why it's so imperative that we get the information that both you are, both you guys are, are uh, researching. It's just, it's so critical because this is navigating through minefields and it's overwhelming for so many people. I mean, I hear it when I, when I speak to people or, or even in the emails and, and the desperation and panic because they don't know how to deal with this. This is just so um, insidious and so uncharted. Um, you know, you have stated that nanotechnology, I think you gave us a quote of over $2 trillion a year. This is such a massive market, and this stuff is ubiquitous. So what what is the role that these corporations are playing, and you know, what is the complicity? How are they benefiting from this? How about you answer that one, Tony? 
Primarily, okay, it's a $2 trillion a year industry. It's never been tested. This is the thing about this technology. It was never tested in regard to the, its impact on the planet, its impact on the ecosystem, its imp impact on uh, human life. So they started producing this stuff in, in all fashion because, again, it's, here's something that you can grow in a, in a, in a farm. You, you have biomass, you have vegetation, you can grow it in fungus, you can grow it in viruses, you can grow it in just about anything to mass produce the particulates that you required, whether it be gold, silver, or whatever. And again, this can also, when it is, in, is grown in the environment, can escape into other venues and other things and it can alter everything. I mean, this has altered fish, this is, has altered insects, this is, has altered just about anything it's touched, it's changed its genetic code. So by, again, putting it into our food supply, it keeps us in a state of, again, debilitation. You're going to the doctor, you're getting medications, which now also have a nano-delivery method. We're giving vaccines now out, which also has a nano-delivery method now, where we can, again, incorporate robots, tiny little bots, which can, get, again, bypass the blood-brain barrier without any problem, can then uh, intact, impact itself and make contact with the brain and start attaching itself to the neural networks of the brain, causing high levels of brain damage, spinal damage, kidney damage, liver damage, cancers. I think in my research, I would say today unequivocally that everything that we are being infected with or affected with has been tied to nano exposure, whether it's cancer, whether it's autoimmune, whether it's a digestive disorder, pancreatic disorder, uh, prostate issues, uh, cancer issues, all the things that we're seeing, whether they be a fungal infection, bacterial infection, viral infection, algae infection, mold infection, these are yeast infection. These are all secondary uh, signs. They're not the primary cause. And what's going on now, even in the health food industry, is everyone is dealing with these secondary causes. The cancers are not the primary cause. Mutations of these cancers are not the cause of what's going on. What's the cause of what's going on is the high concentration and dense, dense loading of the body uh, over decades you know, uh, of time that's causing all kinds of anomalies in our systems to go wrong. Our hormones aren't working properly. The brain isn't working properly. The digestive system's not working properly. The, the respiratory system's not working properly. None of these things are working properly. And all they can do at this point, even medically, is point to the secondary cause. They are not looking at the, the for instance, nanosilica that was put into the grains, and all the grains, rice, grain, whatever, and even in the food supply. Uh, when consuming that, how it goes into the body and it translocates or relocates itself through the cells, through the tissues, starts to assemble without even the need of a frequency, shuts down cellular communication, and then starts to integrate into the skeletal structure, causing all kinds of autoimmune, lupus, restless leg, fibromyalgia. But nobody's looking at that. They're looking at the other things instead. So when we're looking at the who benefits from this, the corporations that are, especially in the medical, are going to benefit. The people who are manufacturing these materials that are allowing, your body, allowing you to be exposed to this, these type of uh, components that can penetrate and alter your DNA are going to benefit from it. Everybody's basically paying for this, paying for these materials, whether they're, again, uh, taking a drug, uh, taking 
a pharmaceutical, taking a supplement, taking a food, buying clothing that's made with the stuff, using uh, uh, hygienic materials like soaps and deodorants and, and women wearing makeup, especially the makeup. Uh, is extremely loaded with this material. So as soon as a woman applies this on her face, it bypasses the barrier, the, the, the skeletal structure at point blank range, and now gets into the brain and starts causing again uh, genetic anomalies in the brain and causing mutations. So basically, there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide from this stuff. Um, and our listeners need to know that we need to mitigate the load, you know, watch what's coming in and then detox it out. So this is actually going to segue into our next portion here. We're going to move on to the health related questions that many of our Bye Bye Blue Sky members were interested in having you fellows answer. So um, let's start off with um, one of our members asked about the causes of floaters in the eyes. Uh, what can help mitigate this? How about you answer that one, Brian? Um, just the detox. What I'm noticing is the breakup of the floaters in the eyes <clears throat> and the clusters of black spots. Uh, as those, those floaters break up because what they appear to be is replicated DNA from the nanotech with the black quantum dots in it. Uh, those strands have disappeared and as I was noticing it, uh, I get big clusters of the black quantum dots with none of the none of the floaters it would just be the dots and they would come together in big balls those have diminished quite a bit i haven't even noticed them lately i'll have to do a check close my eyes and and focus to see what's left in there but as the the floaters broke up i got uh, bunches of black particles those have diminished too. So it's a breakdown of the carbon. I believe that that's happening from the negative ions and ozone that I'm using. That's terrific. It, it's great to hear that there's some results, you know? Yes, uh, the, the negative ions from the research I did is breaking up the carbon bond and releasing a hydrogen molecule that holds the bond together. So, um, I've been doing it about three or four months now. It's working. Uh, I'm dropping big chunks. I showed Tony some shots of the bottom of my feet where all you can see is fibers and pockets of the black carbon buildup. And as it's breaking out from the thick padding on the bottom of the feet, the carbon's dropping off. And I'm seeing these these patches on the floor of these black spots and I pick them up and it, it's a mass of fibers, you know, three quarters of an inch by three quarters of an inch that have dropped off the bottom of the feet as the biofilm breaks down and the carbon breaks down, these things are just dropping off. So very visible to the naked eye. Um, Tony, anything to add to this? Uh, what he said, basically, I sometimes have people use an MSM uh, or saline uh, eye wash because the sulfur will bind and collect with the, again, the nanoparticulates. Salt also has a cleansing effect. Sometimes I have used a taurine, copper, and zinc supplementation, again, depending on where they're at and, and you know, how far and how much they have. But generally speaking, again, a, a simple eye wash sometimes does the trick. Uh, but again, it all boils down to thing Brian mentioned. You have to get into a detoxification. You got to start cleaning up 
the, the buildup and the, the saturation levels we have, the air itself is loaded with nanoparticulates. So our eyes are going to be exposed to the to the environment, and you're going to collect just from just having just by having your eyes open. So um, again, depending on where you are, if you're in a place where you got a lot of industrial factories or spewing out heavy heavy pollution, that's going to contribute as well. So this is a simpler simple method to start. Uh, and again, this is a form of detoxification as well, because you are rinsing the eyes with salt or sulfur or even both, and you are taking things again to help uh, produce the antioxidants required to uh, collect these things and pull them out. So, but uh, the one thing I guess we both will tell you through the whole interview is you are going to have to detox. There is no way around it. Whether whatever method you decide to use, Brian worked on his methods. I worked on mine. I always tell people, if, if you've tried my methods and they're not working, go and try his methods because he's also done the research as well on it. So either way, you're going to have to strip this down. There is no way around it. Great. Thanks, Tony. Um, so let's move on to something much off-discussed. Um, it's the alkaline acid theory. Does it still apply with this new world we live in? Maybe, Brian, you could talk about that? Tony doesn't seem to, or his research is showing uh, it, it doesn't matter, and definitely the nano can react either way. Uh, in the early stages of this, uh, I decided to go with alkaline because I was highly acidic, and I've stayed that way with the distilled water and high cream intake. Uh, that seems to be working for me. Uh, the acids I take in coffee, citric, fruit, um, minerals, th uh, vinegar, but um, I'm not seeing uh, a need for a lot of that. Sometimes I'll feel alkaline from a lot of cream and feel a need for the acid, but uh, my results are happening while I'm staying highly alkaline. So. Um, I haven't gone into acid mode again after so many years to, to check out whether I get the same results or not. How about you, Tony? Again, I don't see any difference. The nanotechnology or the nanobiology will, uh, will uh, again, accommodate either. Now, having said that, doesn't mean you, uh, you don't take minerals or don't take acids. I find that the, with me, I'm using a mineral content once or twice a day but I'm combining them with acids, and I'm using more acids like straight white vinegar, oleic acid, butyric acid, propionic acid. Because one of the things that I saw in my research was that our colons have been compromised uh, with this high alkaline uh, jargon that the health food industry has been putting in there, and it's basically been neutralizing our gut further. But the moment I started adding the acids like the white vinegar, the propionic acid, oleic acid, butyric acids, lactic acids like from yogurts i noticed immediately within five days a big change even in my my uh, biology the um i was processing things better i was emptying out better everything was working better everything was was forming better and there was a, a better release as far as other things were going so as far as the adaptability factor of the this technology it will not matter what state you're in again it's still it all boils down to again your load levels and how much you have inside, and I think that's the, the big player there. You're going to eat things, you're going to, and you're going to again reload the system. But it's going to be 
what you give the system is going to help process that and to get it out. Distilled water is a necessity because you need something clean or reverse osmosis water. Some said, well, it's in acidic form, big deal. The acids are going to help you, again, break down even, even any dead protein that this nanotechnology will attach itself to. So in regard to minerals, you're still going to need minerals, primarily because the glyphosates you've consumed over decades has flushed out a lot of the mineral content. So what's happened is the, the metallics in the nano, your body is now incorporating it because you're not getting the metals or the minerals you're supposed to have. So once you start, for instance, incorporating more, more magnesium, more boron, more calcium, your body will start to flush out the aluminum. That's just the way it goes. Once you start getting more selenium in your body, again, you're going to start flushing out uh, the cadmium. Once you get more boron and iodine back in the body, you're going to start flushing out the radiation that you're being exposed to from the thorium and the uh, uh, strontium that's up there. So it, you still are going to need these things. It's not that you, the emphasis should be that you've got to be alkaline or acidic anymore. It's more about being balanced. So if, like Brian said, if he's feeling alkaline and needs to take some acid, he will. If he's if too acidic, he'll take some alkalinity. Again, it's about balance because the aluminum from the sky that's coming down, the barium from the sky, and all these other alkaline metals that are coming down from the sky are going to trigger an acidic response in your system because your body is trying to go get back into balance. So it's going to go acidic so that it can break this stuff down. Unfortunately, it breaks you down as well. So you, there is that aspect of you, I need to take certain minerals that are going to work with my system to help, again, push these things out of my system. But the whole acid alkaline thing today, I see it of, of really no consequence. Where that came in was because of, you know, you're worried about getting cancer. If you're too, too acidic, you can get cancer. Well, if you're too alkaline, you can get cancer as well. I mean, it's called alkalosis. One opens up uh, parasites and viral infections and microbial infections. And the other side, if you're acidic, will open up bacterial and fungi infections. So, again, it's all about maintaining balance. So, today, I don't see the... Uh, that theme to be that relevant anymore. In fact, I think it can be counterproductive for a lot of people. Okay, yep. So I guess we re reiterate the balance equation here, you know, um, particularly as you mentioned when these metals that are raining down on us are alkaline. So the alkaline theory might not be as uh, positive as, as some people may think. Tony, let's move on to um, Candida. How, how does this originate? Because this is one of the big complaints people are really getting now. And what is the role in, in nanotechnology? What is it playing? Yeast, we all have yeast. And yeast is part of our physiology. And it's there and it was designed initially to be able to help, help our system break down any excesses that we may have incurred. But because of transgenics, it's altered the yeast. Now, the nano, where it comes in, it's the same thing. It would try to break it down, and it would have been altered or changed, and it would have become mutated. So even on some level, the yeast, the protein in the yeast may actually be used in the, in the construct of the nanotechnology. Any metal that we take in the body that we have an excess from, we will produce either a bacterial or fungi, fungal biofilm. That's just how our bodies work. And as a result, it'll produce a polymer material that will again uh, be utilized by this nano to incorporate a network to build, to construct, and to continue forming whatever it needs to form to, to further network itself through the system. So when you're talking yeast infection, okay, you don't want to be using any sugars for sure because sugar always fed yeast anyway. You don't want to be using foods that have a high concentration of nano. 
a lot of your vegetation grown above ground under examination on any microscope, 60x or higher, will see there's a high saturation level of these nanoparticulates that one consumed is going to again affect your physiology and can further cause yeast infections to promote. So again, if you're going to eat vegetables, they have to be uh, uh, vegetables, berries, all berries, grapes, uh, anything that has a high sugar content will have a high saturation of these particulates, peaches, plums, apricots will be very heavily loaded. So at this point in the juncture, what I've seen so far is you'd have to strip them down, juice them, and then filter them afterwards in order to consume them to remove the nano or else it will further exasperate your systems, uh, whether it be a bacterial overload, a fungal overload, mold, mold will grow because you're lacking copper because the glyphosate will strip copper out of your system. And this is one metal, again, they've told you, or mineral they told you not to use because it would be toxic. I find today that the copper is extremely, that and iodine are extremely uh, high profile that you need to take back in and selenium. Great information. Thank you on that. Brian, we touched on this before on the wireless technology, but let's expound on it. Um, you know, with regarding the airborne skin infections and the frequency connection, how does the wireless um, feed the biology that's now in our bodies? That's what they're using to transmit the signals, I believe. It's one of the major major sources of their signals. I think that they've got a base frequency pumped into the ground. We know that is about 56 or 60 hertz. And then the frequency, possibly that's the ground frequency and the transmission from the towers come through us down to the ground and it's transmitted that way. So you got the base activation frequency in the ground and you piggyback waves that are traveling through us from the Wi-Fi. And in those waves, they can program anything. They can program cancer into you, uh, any disease, any disruption of your, your met, uh, metabolism and electrical system, they now have control of. It's crazy that they can only need to transmit a frequency to, to send over a disease. That's, that's wow, that's so crazy. Well, um, we're... We are frequencies. We are manifest frequencies. We are frequencies that have slowed down enough to form into material. The same as the gas from the exploding stars and light slows down and forms the planets, becomes materials and gases. It's the same thing as us. There is some kind of grid around us that slows down those frequencies into the material realm. What about touching on the smart dust or the microelectrical mechanical sensors? Um, how are these integrated in the program, and what are they? What, what's their role that they're playing? The quantum dot, dots would be uh, a pre-programmed uh, aspect of it to create something very specific, uh, like the chips or the implants, and they develop uh, the black spots. I've seen them uh, grow in size so that's what i believe is happening with those is this for surveillance purposes uh, brian does it go deeper than that oh we're transmitting signals to them continuously now the crystals are in our acupuncture points and every time we make a body movement a thought whatever we're 
creating an electrical signal that they can now tap into and read. And they can reverse that and send those signals into the body. That's all the regulation of the body, the cells, everything else, the mind, the thoughts, our oh, material existence. I guess this is the smart grid infrastructure they talk about and how basically they're hijacking us right down to the DNA level. Uh, They'll be able to create a false reality around us, the same as in the matrix. This is the end result of what they're doing to incorporate us with the nanotech into the matrix. When it, when it becomes most dominant and actually takes over, Whatever we've known as this material world will become a virtual reality world and will seem just as real to it. And this is the scary part of it because this can happen overnight. It may have happened already. We don't know because it's so subtle that even now the iPhone, the new iPod or the iPhone that they come out with, uh, the selling point is that the technology disappears and you become part of the virtual reality. Mind-melding Mind with machine. machine. That's exactly it. And uh, hell, we could uh, even be in pods asleep at some point, yet awake every you know eight hours. Whatever the program says we're supposed to be doing, we get up and we do it. And we run through it, and we think that that's as real as what we're experiencing now, but it's all virtual reality. Great. That's the end goal. That's the end goal. And I believe that it's because they're tapping into our energy and sucking it from us. The channeling I had with Drake said that um, when I was speaking to him, it was a spontaneous <laughs> channeling. It said zero point energy is not allowed. The only way they can get it is to siphon it off of us. So that's what I believe is happening, that the acupuncture points where the crystals are, are transmitting with the ultra-sensitive barium antenna that was built into them initially, is transmitting all body signals out into the grid. And that's part of the nanotech and the, the chemtrails and the metals and all, is because that's a big antenna picking up everything, every signal. And this is where the smart uh, internet of things is about, is that that, that uh, chemtrail cloud can read signals from everything. It's gonna read from your appliances, it's gonna read from everything on the planet, the nanotech's being embedded in everything. I foresee a point when this all comes into play, that if you're not in virtual reality, and even if you are, if you pick up a rock or a stick or something off the ground, the grid's going to know about it immediately. So that will be the restricted zones, the no-go zones, where you can't go into or anything. Everything, the, the trees will be sending signals the rocks will be sending signals, everything on the planet tagged. That's what they admit to, and that's where it's going. Yes, you hear Ray Kurzweil talking about that, and they always make it out that it's going to be some big, AI is going to be some big superlative boon for humanity with telepathy and um, superhuman abilities. But in reality, it's just going to expire and break down the population. So this is, again, the bait and switch. This is what they're always doing, the big lie. Tony, with Programmable robots that they will control. 
And if you can think of the most excruciating pain that would make you collapse on the floor, think a wrong thought and it will pump that into you. As far as Kurzweil and uh, Toffler was another one. I took my electronics course back in 85, 86. And the instructor said, these are two people to watch for. After he was telling us that we would never keep up with the technology, no matter how hard we tried, it would be impossible, but that he hoped that we could find our niche in the world with electronics. Kurzweil and Toffler were two people he said to watch, and that was in 85. Well, we certainly do need to watch them. Tony, I'd like to know your thoughts on, you know, in terms of the people that are actually detoxing and, and being really proactive on, you know, regarding uh, getting this stuff out of our bodies. I mean, do you have some kind of prediction on what you can see in the future? Are we going to become the people that are doing this? Are we going to survive? Are we going to become metahumans because we're getting this stuff out and we're becoming stronger because of this assault? We're, I guess we're in form adapting to what's going on, to the conditions? Uh, Brian and I talk about that all the time. As we move this stuff, it seems, or it has the appearance anyway, that uh, some things that have been lying dormant in us are starting to surface and starting to manifest. Uh, when, you talk, when you talk to people who are intuitive, let's say, if it's not as a result of being connected to the uh, artificial intelligence, excuse me, and, it, it, and it's a direct result of being free and clear of the tech, then I think that's going to be the compensations that are going to for us to, in order to survive because in an AI world, it, it's an AI reality. AI becomes God of this world. AI then becomes the end-all, be-all to this world and everything that is of, of that world is of the AI system. That's the new world order. They're conditioning people already to think what the future is going to be like. When you start looking at science fiction movies and sci-fi movies about space explorations, uh, like a Star Trek, whatever, and they're showing you architecture and scenarios and things that are too common this is, and, and to sell us on this idea of this bright future with all the science and technology, that's an entrapment. You know, that's nothing but an entrapment. That's an illusion. That's a false reality that they are trying to now initiate now the program so that when they bring it into the AI reality, this will be an accepted behavior. Um, a new fad is happening now in the health food industry. Well, it's not a new fad, but it's an old fad being revamped. What they're doing now, for instance, is they're selling products, again, on anti-aging. Who, who doesn't want to live forever? So in this anti-aging uh, uh, theme that they're selling, they're now telling you they got fullerenes, like there's a product out uh, with this oil product that's got this fullerene material, it's all nano, and they're telling people how great and wonderful it is. Again, this is again to subject them to a hijacking or sabotage. When they consume this fat, which acts as a liposome, which will deliver this further into the organs and into the tissues, further creating a network in the system. Again, it will further cause more breakdown debilitation. But again, this is the illusion. This is the bait and switch. So when we're looking at the the uh, us, you know, the more we strip out, the more we take out, the more we get more connected to reality, the more we get connected to our souls, our spirit, uh, the more we get connected to the truth. I guess that's probably it. The more we get connected to the truth, 
the more empowerment we're going to have. And things are going to manifest, you know, different gifts, different abilities. And I don't even believe they're gifts either. They're probably were and always a part of us, but have been subdued or subjected to being turned off as a result of the system. So I think once these impediments are removed from us, then these things will be able to function and flow again. Great, great answer. Um, let's, now that we're actually talking about the medical community and the hijacking of that establishment, um, let's talk about briefly vitamin supplements and what they've done to the healthcare products that we're now using. Let's, uh, maybe, uh, Brian, why don't you answer that? Well, I probably one of the worst things I did was load up on vitamins when I had lost my appetite and went into chronic fatigue and collapsed back in the mid-90s. Um, I would have bought into all the vitamins being good for you. I was swallowing 25 vitamins at a time, two or three times a day, and if anything, it uh, it was it it destroyed any healing that was happening. But I wasn't eating and I was thinking that the vitamins were helping me. This may have been part of the triggering of me, the uh, microcrystalline cellulose in those pills that they use as a binding agent and so many things is the basic building block of the polymers. Microcrystalline cellulose breaks down into polymers in the body, as seen in some documents. So, um, shit. where were we on that? Sorry. Microcrystalline micro cellulose. You were talking about the negative effects yeah, of that? Yeah, in the pills and the vitamins, the nutrients, the supplements. Around that time, I, I ran into a book, Medical Mafia. I'd had enough bad experiences with the doctors trying to bury their mistakes and all that I walked away from all of that. Eventually, I, I stopped. Uh, the vitamins cut back over time, started being more selective on enzymes and things, not taking the capsules themselves, emptying out the capsules because the capsules are uh, an issue with the nanotech. And now I'm at the point where I'm leaning towards the homeopathic uh, approach of the subtle energies triggering the natural response in the body to produce these things because it's all frequencies. Um, fortunately, I was deep into spiritual studies for about six years uh, prior to this, well, during the course of this actually, and prior to the nanotech discovery. And what I found as the common thread throughout all the ancient texts was the frequencies, the energy, and the vibrations. So knowing about the mora, the rife units, how that can uh, negate things in, within the body. I'm leaning towards the frequency, the subtle energy aspect of it, using light, uh, halogen lights, full spectrum lights, colors, things that are going to trigger fr natural frequencies in the body. So I'm, I'm leaning more away from any of the nutritional supplements, except at points where the body feels that it needs it, and that'll develop into a craving or it'll be an intuition of just knowing that maybe I should take this kind of thing. But apart from that, I'm going more with the breatharian aspect, homeopathic aspect, and the prana. 
as my major in, uh, intake and hoping that I'll be able to adjust the belief system enough along the way and it is working because I've dropped off so much food now that you know normal people would say you should be dead but that was all the programming of having to eat three times a day so it's a matter of adjusting the mindset and the belief system and the process of doing this but as far as feeding it I want to keep that at a minimum because I'm damn sure an intuition tells me that it's uptaking whatever it can for the building process. That's where it's getting the blocks from and depleting us at the same time. So Tony's right in that aspect that you definitely have to supplement because we're in depletion. But at the same time, you have to find a balance where you're not feeding it. And one of the, the, the signs of feeding it is the excess weight. Because you're taking in that nanotech, the body can't process it, it's an overload, it's storing it in fat. Because that's where the body stores your toxins and things that it can't deal with. It's a neutral substance, it won't affect the living tissue, and that's why people uh, who are fat have such a hard time losing weight, is because as they go into the diet, they feel all the, the, the toxins come out. They're not expelling it. They're feeling sick like the flu. And when they start eating again, well, the body starts building fat and storing it away. The problem with the dieting is they're not expelling the toxins that they're releasing from the fat. So back to minimal intake on the food and all. We don't need what we've been told that we need to eat. There's too much stress on society, food, family, meals, the rest of that. This is all the programming. Anything that they tell you that is normal or that you should be doing, do the opposite. That's what I've experienced throughout my life, that everybody was just spewing so much bullshit, I couldn't believe anything that they were saying. So I would do what they said not to do to find out. And the results were spectacular, so I keep doing what they tell me not to do. Sounds and, You know, minimal food intake rather than large meals. Okay, great. Tony, you're known for your unorthodox health solutions, your YouTube videos, like using borax and turpentine and sodium thiosulfate and trisodium phosphate. These words are big and Epsom salts. I use them all. I, I just really, uh, your protocols work for me. I've been using your protocols for two years. So tell us why these items work at mitigating the health issues we're facing um, and why they've been kept hidden from the public. Well, they work, number one. Number two is because a lot of the things I'm leading you to is away from the health food industry's mix. When you're looking at the uh, way things are done today, and the way they will sell you a product we talked about earlier, you know, we got an anti, we got this newfangled oil with this high-end antioxidant that's going to promote, you know, longevity, anti-aging, and all the wonderful, you know, keywords to get you attached. To, to, you need this. You need this. You know, you got to buy it. You got to try it. Blah, you know, all that nonsense. Then when you use the things, it's, it's a double hijack. Like Brian was talking about microcrystalline cellulose. That's just one thing that is a problem. You got silicon dioxide, which is a nanosilica, which is another problem. Aluminum lake, which is a form of aluminum. Titanium dioxide, which causes males to have testicular damage. You know, um, 
you've got soy in it. Again, it causes all kinds of endocrine disrupting chemicals. And again, it's hijacking under different names like HVP, TVP, uh, AVP, HPP. These are all different names of soy. Then you got the polymers that are also mixed with there. So when we're giving, when I'm giving you these things, as unorthodox as they sound, they're more normal to take than anything else. These are fundamental elements, basic elements from the earth that we need to again restrain the balance, re, uh, restore the balance that we we have. Like I said, the glyphosate has stripped us out. We take, for instance, Epsom salt. We take it with a little boron. We got three things in there. They're going to mitigate radiation. It's going to flush out these. Uh, metalloestrogens and other mineral and metals in the body and at the same time provide ATP and, and sulfur that's required for producing um, glutathione in the liver to help again regulate the body's immune system. Um, when we're looking at supplements today, it's not what you're buying or how much you're taking, it's how clean is it, how effective is it going to be, and is it what you really need. You know, this is the thing. You know, we get into this um, theme that we got, you know, 90,000 vitamins, and they all have some super spectacular element to them, and so we got to take them all. It's not necessary. Sometimes by taking certain vitamins, you create other elements in the body that will, again, substantiate whatever you may need and give you the, the, the factors required to, again, to promote, protect, or to even grow. So when we're looking at... Um, Diet, for instance, okay, uh, Brian alluded to the thing about fasting. Well, there's another aspect of that, too. There's a smart dust that's been accumulating in the digestive system for over 30 years. This, these dust particles are not deactivated when you consume them. They stay active and they stay to their program, which then can also produce a cortisol, which also can, again, uh, cause a lot of damage that's occurring in the colon itself. All these itises I would tie to smart dust and nano poisoning in the colon. So until that is removed, released, or it lets go, you are going to constantly be dealing with the stress factors of the digestive system. So we need to look at what we need to take, actually take, what's going to fortify the DNA, what's going to fortify the mitochondria, what's going to fortify the genetic code, what's fortify the chromosomes, what's going to fortify the ATP. I say this many times on my shows. That's where the key to your health is going to be. If you're going to sustain anything in the body, that's it. Because without those things sustained, I rewrite your DNA, I rewrite your genetic code, I, I overload your, overwrite your chromosomes, I shut down the mitochondria, I, I shut down the ATP production, you cease to exist. There's no existing. You, your body cannot communicate with itself. Frequencies cannot translate, translocate or, or transfer themselves. We shut down the body's communication network. It's done. So this is in essence is what's been going on. And this is in essence is what's happening, that the, our very core of our DNA is now being affected. And as we alluded to earlier, with a frequency... I can I can afflict you with a disease. I can turn you turn it on, turn it on, uh, turn it on, turn it off. Essentially, all chemicals, all chem, we're chemistry. By, uh, f physically, we're all chemistry. Uh, again, we create the frequencies with these chemicals. So it all depends on what you're creating inside as well. So if you're taking something that is supposed to build you up, uh, and you added blocking agents or or altering agents that can alter the chemistry of what you're taking, 
you're not getting now what you're supposed to be getting. And so as a result, you're going to have a problem. So uh, look at the vitamin D. It's being pumped. You need all this vitamin D. And I've had people taking vitamin D at high doses. And one guy actually died on his feet for two minutes because he took too much. The vitamin D factor shouldn't be that as much as they're telling you to take. It should be actually very minimal, one to 2,000 IUs. But you should be under some kind of sun lamp that has a full spectrum from infrared to ultraviolet so that it can regulate the D in the body. I never take vitamin D at all, ever. You know, uh, or once in a blue moon, I may take one or two, but I don't normally, as a rule, take vitamin D. I'll either get it from my yogurts or from my kefirs or whatever, butter. But then I sit under the lamps when I get done eating it, so that the, the frequency of the light, that again, the same as the sun, will now regulate that D so my body doesn't produce uh, kidney stones or heart stones or lung stones, because that's what too much vitamin D will eventually do. I guess basically we need to become our own best doctors and we need to do a lot, a lot of research because we're not in the paradigm of our grandmother and grandfather. So, um, yeah, I guess heads up to our listeners too, silicone dioxide, cellulose, titanium dioxide, read the back of your supplement labels if you are taking supplements because these are polymers and nanofibers that will just exacerbate the program. Um, let's touch on a few of these. Uh, we did touch on distilled water, and you just talked about vitamin D. What about the the diatomaceous earth, which is silica, the zeolite, and the activated charcoal? Maybe you could address that, Brian. Oh, sorry, one at a time on that? I was just <coughs> mentioning, um, you know, a lot of items, th things like diamaceous earth and zeolite and activated charcoal, uh, people out there are finding where they feel that they're getting really, really good results um, in terms of detox with these items. What are your thoughts on these items? Uh, the activated charcoal, I was buying in containers of powder and consuming that in the mid-90s. Um, I don't know if that loaded me or not. The diatheaceous earth, well, that's full of the silicon crystals. And the zeolite has, there are four, I ran into an old farmer or an old miner uh, in a small mining town. And um, <clears throat> he had a sign on the side of his building. It was a four by eight sign. And it said, zeolite, cure for a toxic world. So I had to pull in and talk to the guy. Turns out that he was uh, actually providing the magnetite for the anti-gravitational vehicles that they were trying to develop with John Hutchinson and uh, the dark side that had hijacked him. Anyways, he told me that there was 450 different types of zeolite. So, wow, that's probably 450 different formulas. So, if you get the right one, I'm sure, yeah, it would be good. But Thanks, uh, as far as the charcoal goes, I believe that it would probably be uptaking it. And the same with the, the uh, diatheaceous earth, the silica crystals. It'd be actually some of the basic building blocks for that, for the okay. nanotech. Okay, so just feeding the program. Tony, can you touch on, and this is really important, I think, for the listeners, uh, is foods that fortify us and foods that harm us. 
Well, uh, that's going to be a tough one because not just about everything that we're eating has got some kind of nano to it or some kind of transgenic or epigenetic. So it's uh, it, that's going to be a pretty tough one today unless you're, you're neutralizing uh, the foods you are eating. Uh, for instance, okay, that's, we talked earlier about the, um, the berries. Okay, now you're always, everyone's hearing about the wonderful benefits of blueberries. Well, initially that may have been the case, but because they're so heavily saturated and permeated with nano, the nanoparticles, there's no way you can eat this in any, any concentration and, and not have some kind of exposure to the nano. So the only thing you can do at this stage is you'd have to be able to juice them, filter them with the oil uh, uh, method that we showed on YouTube by adding a little teaspoon, a tablespoon of oil, and then blending it up. And then, again, allowing the oil to accumulate the particulates and then allowing it to separate and then filter it out as, as, you're, as you're pouring it in. Uh, even your meats, any meat that you're eating, try to get it, again, if you can buy stuff straight and direct from a farmer, I would suggest doing that over buying it from a grocery store. If you have no option and you have to go to a grocery store, then when you're cooking your meat, add white vinegar, add onion, add garlic to it because the acid will help, again, break down the proteins. It will allow the sulfur to permeate and penetrate into the meat which would then bind with these particulates and again will mi will minimize the uptake of, of these particulates that you're consuming. Uh, if you're going to be eating vegetables, my suggestion would be to eat the root-based veg vegetables because they wouldn't have the um, the overload from from the sky from the spraying. They are still going to have some uh, without question. Uh, but again, you can peel and consume, and even in the peels alone. Uh, you can drastically remove anywhere between 80 to 95 percent of it, depending on what you're you're consuming. Same with apples and pears. You have to peel uh, your citrus. You have to peel your kiwis. You have to peel your um, your persimmons. Anything with a hard shell, you're going to have to peel. Pineapple. You again, you, you're going to have to peel a bit. Uh, the uh, other fruits are there, like bananas. Bananas get penetrated. We've looked under the scope, the skin is saturated with a silvery shiny material and when you peel off the banana underneath it's just as loaded. Anything that has a high sugar content, which is carbon, is going to have a higher concentration of these particles in their exposure. So um, in regard to what you can eat, you can eat anything pretty much uh, that you can get as clean as possible, whether it's from greenhouse, directly from a farmer or your own garden, provide your gardens covered. But again, there is going to be exposure. There is no way around it. It's coming down either from the sky, they're spraying it in the field, or they're spraying it at the market. That's where you're seeing a lot of the, this nano. It's either sprayed in a, the storage facilities or adding a um, sulfurofluoride and the dimethyl or silica dioxide component to these particles again penetrate and permeate through the, through the food supply. So again, if you're going to buy it, buy it as clean as possible and then neutralize it the best you can. You do recommend avoiding all grains, all soy, all sugar, all rice, correct? Oh, definitely. Those are the one, those are the worst uh, saturated foods. If you look under uh, my website at the um, tr nano transformations, 
there's an actual documentation there showing you the silica there and how that first and foremost it was never actually tested. The test that they did run on it showed it caused genetic damage and the and it's in every grain. There is no grain, no rice, no soy that it's not been exposed to. Soy has uh, glyphosate and nano silver sprayed on it. So again, this is something to avoid. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot wash this off. This is embedded to the core. You can use all the vinegar you want, hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, phosphoric acid. You will not get it out. Let's touch on items um, that can protect our neural integrity, um, wearable items like crystals, uh, grounding products. I mean, Brian, you talked a lot about energy work and prana and, and barbarian healing and things of that nature. So is there anything you'd particularly recommend to our listeners um, for, for health protocols? Well, your mind is a frequency generator. Learning meditation and getting control of that is uh, paramount to getting a handle on all of this. If you're in low frequency, worried, nervous, stressing about it, um, then you're going to drop into the vibrations that, that it actually functions at, the lower vibrations. The higher you can raise your personal vibrations, and that's your mental attitude, your thoughts, and your uh, peace of mind, the more stronger your mind's going to become to override this. To enhance it, I use colors, magnets, crystals, organ, um, meditation practices, um, anything that's going to uh, get you focused on the higher realms. When I was in my spiritual studies, <clears throat> my focus was continuously on good things, the higher realms, while I was doing my studies, and eventually I transitioned into that higher state and became, started to manifest things just by thinking about them. So I've seen the power of what the mind can do. I had one experience after my uh, meditation course, which was very intensive. It was five days a week, two and a half hours a night for seven months by a Thai master who had perfected this and was able to go into the realms and locate things and do pretty spectacular miracles. I finished the course that actually taught how to do miracles in it and uh, had a phenomenal experience after that. It was during that, that period where I was manifesting things just by thinking about them. I was able to do magical things. And that all stemmed from where the mindset was at. I'd come out of a very deep, depressed state with failing health and all and gone into the spiritual studies and the difference that was happening there. Basically, that's what enlightenment is. To attain enlightenment, you're raising your frequencies by dumping all the negative and lower base frequencies. And as you get into that realm, it becomes higher. You get more control over the body and the material world. That's why the masters can actually uh, close their hand and open it back up and materialize a gemstone. They have mastered the frequencies and controlling them with the mind. So the, the strong point here is the mind, 
Because if you do master the mind, you can master the material world. Everything else is just supplemental. But the magnets, the crystals, these are all things that give off natural energies. All of the stone monoliths around the planet are energy generators. This is why they're made out of granite. They've got so much silica in them, in the stone. They're charged. They're frequency generators. And the frequency that they generate is determined by the shape. That's why all the different odd shapes around about it. So that is key. And maybe even those are creating the frequency grid that's holding the distortions here. So it's all about the energy. It's all about the frequency. Anything else you can use to enhance it is great. But the mind is the master of this. And we are running at such a fast pace in the mind. In the meditation course, they call it the monkey mind. In the Vedic scriptures, they teach there are 10,000 thought seconds in the blink of an eye. And when you start meditating, you see just how streaming that is. It's like running 100 different movie shows all at the same time. And that's swallowing all the energy and the frequencies that you should be generating in the positive realm are all becoming just static electricity. Your radio dial, station dial is off center. By taking control of your mind and powering back up your mind, then you get control and you put it back on the station. And we are in such a frequency fog, this is paramount too correcting all of this matter of fact it may naturally correct itself if we could dump the frequency grid that's around us because solely they're manipulating it more and more and changing this reality we're seeing that in the mandela effect with people remembering things differently than what other people that were with you at the time remember it as Okay, great information. And maybe as well recognizing the fact when AI is trying to implant thoughts or emotions in your body, um, recognizing that the thoughts are not your own. I mean, that's what I see, that the AI is trying to keep us in this negative state of lower vibration and trying to distract us, you know, trying to scare us with frightened images. It's, it's you know, we, have, we, we as, as peoples have to recognize that the manipulation that's going on. Tony, anything to add to what Brian was saying? Um... Well, you got a ZMP pulse unit. That's another way of, of negating the energies in the air. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can do. I mean, it's all right now we're, we're discovering different things. For instance, in order to block an, e an EMF, you have to use an EMF. And because we are constantly being subjected to different frequencies and different uh, data mining that goes on with artificial intelligence and a variety of different things, you know, there, I mean, we got the bucket, for instance, to help draw the particulates out of the system. We have the triangle, uh, again, working on pulse units and working, I'm now looking at ways to um, remove the nano from the food supply. So again, it's one less thing to anchor into the system to give it more access. So any thing that we can do to, uh, again, first recognize when you're being attacked 
recognize when you're being uh, hit with a frequency, recognize when you're being data mined, uh, start understanding the, um, the how you're being approached so that you can come up with a defense mechanism. Uh, your thoughts are constantly being subjected to manipulations. Your environment is also being subjected to uh, changes as well uh, to alter different things. I would also suggest that you start breaking up habits. Don't do the same routine daily. Alter what you're doing. Change up what you're doing. This is also because, again, if you're doing the same thing repetitively day in and day out, <clears throat> you're caught on a you're caught in a cycle or a program. <clears throat> and you're very easy to predict uh, and what frequencies to use because you're going to be at a certain place at a certain time to create whatever. Uh, Whatever, I, whatever that needs to, that's going to be mani uh, manifested. So, uh, as far as uh, adding to it, <clears throat> I think it's a matter of understanding what it, what's happening to you. Recognize it when it's happening, so then you can start to learn learn to take uh, measures to counter or to defend. <clears throat> this is great. You guys have provided. Uh, the listeners with so much amazing information. Tony, do you want to um, speak about your your um, your technology that you've created with respect to the bucket or you know the anti nano triangle? Um, you, I know you have a lot of YouTube videos on making these items. I encourage everybody to look at them because they work. I know I use them, and I certainly see the nanotechnology coming out of my body. But any any uh, any thoughts that you want to provide the uh, the listeners uh, watch them watch the videos make the make the units uh, <clears throat> like excuse me like anything else because we have been exposed all our lives anyone born after 1960 uh, would have been exposed to some form of nano <clears throat> nano exposure um, when applying these things use your brain don't be stupid don't you know? Don't uh, and don't fear it either. <clears throat> but understand that there are layers upon layers upon layers of this material inside your body. Some of it was put there by the soaps you use. Some of them were put there by the cosmetics you use. Some of them were put there by the very foods you consumed as well, things you drank, whatever. So initially, when you start the the uh, procedures, you may not initially see a overwhelming amount come out because it's got to break through the barriers. Once it starts penetrating the barriers, that's when you'll start seeing releases. The bucket is used, can be used, or the, or the triangle. Uh, the triangle can be put in the bath. The bucket is being, can be used, again, if you don't have a bath. Either one will, will work. I've created another device, which we will be showing eventually, where basically you have an EMP running in a room while you're sleeping. Again, it's, it's producing, not an EMP, an EMF, well, it's against an EMP too. It's producing an EMF so that whatever EMFs is coming in, it can counter and block. You can use uh, EMF blocking materials, but the thing about that, the key to that is you have to measure the thickness of the material to the nature of the frequency coming in, and this can be quite expensive. So you can create thinner materials, which may reduce it, but it will still penetrate. So there's ways and means to get around this. So these are two things that we came up with. There's the repulsors that we came up with as well, where we create a magnetic field that you can wear around you, which again can create a deflective, uh, a deflective uh, protection. 
around you. I mean, I, uh, if you're going anywhere outside, I suggest you wear glasses to shield your eyes, mirror, mirror reflective lenses if you can find them. Uh, your eyes are the easiest way to, to access you uh, with, again, programming. Uh, I can tell you a true story. I was at a, uh, a store and I had just bought my, I was at, my, at the till uh, ready to pay for my items, and I had my mirror lenses on, I had my repulsor units on, and I had looked up, looking at the cameras, and as I looked up, one tried to actually access me. It first went through the eyes where it was getting deflected, and it went on top of the head and started doing, started doing some tapping. So I knew it was trying to access me so that I would buy whatever was at the front, because sometimes you get this impulse buying when you're at the till, that may not be coming from you. So. Be aware that your eyes are, are extremely vulnerable to receiving frequencies. So you, when you're going to places that have cameras and Wi-Fi, this is some of the things that you may want to, you know, uh, at least, uh, you know, try uh, consider trying to utilize. Great suggestions. I want to backtrack one moment on a health uh, care uh, two health care items. Um, in terms of uh, Iodine to selenium, Tony. What would be the ratio for that? So a Bye Bye Blue Sky member had asked me about this. Uh, usually, I got people doing ten drops three times a day of the iodine in water, tea, or coffee, or some beverage. Not take it straight. And the selenium levels I'm getting people up to is anywhere from two to five milligrams. Um, because of the level of immune compromise. Some people have STDs as well as a result of, I believe, nano infiltration in the, in the uh, endocrine system. Uh, the selenium levels can be taken at a lot higher, so can the iodine. I would start off with one to four drops and work up to 10 drops three times a day. Uh, with the selenium, again, I would take uh, anywhere from uh, one to two milligrams, again, three or four times a day, or five times a day if you're just using one milligram. Uh, again, we are in a different paradigm. So men need selenium for their testicles, for testicular protection, and also for heart regulation and iodine uptake. Same with the women. Women need it to regulate and stabilize the heart rate and also for to utilize, uh, again, for iron, iodine uptake in the thyroid uh, and, again, to help protect the reproductive system from further exposure to anything that might be a, an anomaly in the reproductive system. So. Again, take higher doses, even the copper. You can go up a lot higher than what they're telling you. Even the zinc you can go up a lot higher. I was up to 40 milligrams a day of, of um, copper, even up as high as 100 milligrams a day, and I was, I was using chlorophyll. So when you're looking at some of the things that they've told us, again, don't just jump into it. Again, uh, research, uh, incrementally go up until you find where you start seeing your strength and energy and vitality and even mental clarity start to return. Great. So watch and observe and see how your body reacts. It's uh, great, yeah. great uh, suggestions. So we're nearing the end of the show, and I wanted to finish off with you guys. I guess um, what, what could you tell our listeners is the most important thing that they can do and any final thoughts? We can go with you, Brian, first. Most important thing that they can do is to get a foundation of knowledge on this by going through some of the information. They don't have to analyze every word on it. Basically, they can just read the headlines, accept that as fact that all of it's being researched and documented, and connect the dots. 
so they get a basic understanding of what is happening. I've done that on my Facebook pages, so it's very easy, and it's all been documented from the beginning. Everything I've encountered, what I've done, and what I've found effective, um, the videos of the removals, the patches, the carbon, uh, the fibers in the body, microscopic shots, it's all there. So if they just scroll through it and get an understanding of what's going on, they're going to diminish their fear of it, know your enemy, and they'll be able to have something to work from. Because to try to bring somebody up to speed on this when they got no understanding at all is pretty difficult without them re actually going through the material. So that's what I think is most important is the education on this. Ignorance is fear. Great okay. advice. Okay. And you, Tony, what are your final thoughts? And anything you can encourage <laughs> listeners to do? I know it's it's a big, big question, but. Ditto. I mean, uh, between Brian and myself, the information that we've put out there on my website alone is everything's right there. It's consolidated. He's got it on Facebook, you know, before, because I get people all the time, you know, making, asking me questions that really they have no understanding about it. When they hear somebody and uh, two things, read the stuff, study it. Secondly, scrutinize the, guru, the gurus that you're hearing on this topic. A lot of them don't have a clue. A lot of them are, I have actually borrowed from our research to propagate their nonsense. Uh, Brian was one that caught, got one that caught this uh, as well. He was one that actually notified me about some head guru goof. Uh, but anyway, uh, Brian's research, my and myself, our research, look at it, test it, go through it. We've each done, have our own pro, uh, our style on how we presented the research, check it out. Uh, at least you'll get a foundation so that you'll have an idea so that when somebody comes along and tries to tell you you've got Lyme or some Borel's uh, material in your system or some fungi or some whatever the other thing is that's out there that they're telling you that more gallons is. Uh, and more gallons is, again, a big, huge misdirect. It's, it's actually nano poisoning or nanobiology or synthetic biology. Um, <clears throat> that's when you'll begin to grasp the, the dire uh, environment we're in, and then at the same time, uh, there's also this whole factor that you understand that there is things you can do, and you're not just a vulnerable to be subjected to whatever this is going to do to you. You, you know, if you got hit with it, it's now it's time to, again, go on a healing uh, process. You may find as well that a lot of things that you thought you knew, things that you thought you believed, things that you... Uh, we're hanging on to as as truth. You're going to come unglued, and expect that as well. Thank yeah. you so thank you so much. For, oh, did you have something to add, Brian? Yeah, with regards to those gurus that are getting all the publicity, a lot of those are being promoted with Hollywood hijacking. These guys have um, got financial backing to get that kind of publicity. Websites and all built like that. And they suddenly appeared on the, here in the last year and a half to two years maximum on this. We've been on this for six years. I discovered it. 
There was no mention of nanotech out there at all in mainstream until I brought it up and got targeted over it. It took me a couple of years of dodging them trying to take me down to fully get it back out, and I even had to lay low for two years off the net. So these guys who aren't showing any symptoms of it, who have no background in it at all, suddenly are highly promoted, coming out with the AI interface and the rest of this, which is all stuff that me and Tony have been putting out in the background. They've surfed through our material, they've grabbed it, and then they've built their own little world with it, and a lot of the information's been distorted so it fits with their understanding. There's no basis for these guys to be these things except they're telling the trendy women what they want to hear. And that's why they're so popular. Well, so they're, that, running, they're running with that, and that's causing them damage is the bottom line. Well, we have to be very discerning in this, this truth movement and to see the forest from the trees. we got to know who's telling the truth and, and who isn't. So, again, that depends on us doing our research and understanding these subtle nuances and the hijackings that occur. So you guys are the pioneers, and thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. Um, you know, I, I just feel like there is hope for humanity if we do get up off our chairs and turn up off, turn up the TV and, and get educated about reality. There is hope, and you guys are providing that hope for us. So I do hope everybody enjoyed listening to the discussion and took away valuable information. Um, continue to take care of your health and your pro, you know, and follow your health and follow Take care of your health and follow Tony and Brian's uh, information and protocols and how to really protect ourselves in these dangerous times. So, again, Tony's website is AugmentInForce50Webs.com, as well as Weekly Podomatics, which is a must-listen to. And Brian396 is under Facebook, on Facebook under Jean Brian Pelleche. And he's got pages and pages of detailed research. So, again, I want to say detox, detox, detox. And as Tony says, ask not what your activists can do for you, but what you can do for your activists. We all need to get in this fight. We all have to get up off our chairs. So please join our Facebook group, Bye Bye Blue Sky, and perhaps make a donation to an ongoing billboard campaign. We have the number of them in Ontario right now, so $1 will do it. So again, thank you for uh, listening, and take care. Good evening.